You're listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Talk Daredevil. Uh, For this episode, we're going to talk comics, and we're going to talk our favorite issues. And the we who are in the room is Christine. You've heard from me before. Um, And hi, it's Casey again. Great to be back. Great to have you back, Casey. And actually, this is our first podcast together because we've been on different podcasts. And we also have a podcast newbie, not new to the team, but new to the podcast. Ta-da! Oh, hi, guys. Uh, I'm Shelby. Um... You might have heard me on the Super Ladies podcast. I also run um, the at Charlie Cox fans, Charlie Devils account on Twitter. Um, you haven't heard me before because I am actually in South Georgia where internet is still just a brand new thing. So it's cool to be here. <laughs> finally, it's very, finally. It's great to have you on, Shelby. So today we're talking about our favorite comics, which should be a fun topic. And we've each picked three individual issues that we want to talk about. And uh, of course, we've read them all so we can discuss, but uh, we're going to cover them in chronological order. Actually, the first pick is mine, which is um, Daredevil 191 by Frank Miller. Uh, he did both the, the writing and the art for it although the uh, ink is by Terry Austin. If you're like new to the comics and you wonder why like the earliest issue we cover is like 191, isn't that kind of late? But, and I mean, there are so many wonderful little gems before 191. It's really like, it's hard to find the classic issues or the, like your very favorite ones among those early issues. So for me, 191 uh, is a big favorite. And it's also one of those issues you're going to find on best of lists for Daredevil. So it may be one that's familiar to a lot of people. But anyway, it's called Roulette. And it's framed by this um, conversation. Well, I mean, it's a monologue, I guess, on uh, (laughs) a daredevil monologue as he visits the paralyzed bullseye in his hospital bed. And he has brought a gun and they're playing a game of Russian roulette where sort of daredevil opens his heart to bullseye and talks about a bunch of different things that he's thinking and about violence and all of that stuff and how it, well, I mean, I'll get probably get into the details, but, but what it's really about is that he's got that story that frames the whole thing. And then he's talking about this particular event that's triggered a lot of thinking for him, which is his connection to a case where he's defending the father of a young boy who is uh, accused of some embezzlement scheme, where he's discovering that the young boy has this like really unhealthy fascination or a obsession really with Daredevil. At first, Matt really enjoys being being admired by this boy and he visits him at school, kind of takes him for a ride across town and, and he doesn't really have any, you know, he doesn't really think too much about that. But then the story gradually takes a darker turn where this uh, young boy gets into all kinds of trouble and he watches his father do bad things. And you can read it for yourself and It's a very good issue, uh, both for its very cutting-edge artwork. The way it's told visually is very, very striking. And it's also, like, if you ever wanted an issue where it's like Daredevil reflecting on his own actions, this is definitely uh, the issue for you. It's a good primer on the character and how conflicted he is about what he does and why he does it. So those are, like, my thoughts on it. Does anybody else want (laughs) to jump in? This issue has one of my favorite lines from all the mm-hmm. comics, which is, when I'm Murdoch, I don't have to use my amplified senses to pretend I'm not blind. 
Yes, I, I was going to actually mention that. If you if you weren't going to mention it, I was going to mention it because it's extremely insightful and it's very rare to have that kind of insight. And it's something I don't think they played with enough on the show. I think we were getting oh, to that point. Yeah. We were getting yeah. to that point. And also, like you were talking about with the kid and mm-hmm. him seeing his father, you know, how we all like build up our fathers yeah. in our eyes. And this kid sees this. And we already know this kid doesn't have maybe the best father. Yeah. And to see how that turned for him. You know, Matt, it could have happened the same way for Matt. Mm -hmm. Matt could have turned out to be just like this kid. Yeah. You know. He's got a lot of great takes on fatherhood because, of course, then Matt tells Bullseye about his own childhood and how he, at first, just builds up this, I guess, a story he's used to telling himself about what a great man his father was. And then he backs away from that a little bit as in like, okay, so yeah, that's that's a story, but that's not necessarily true. He wasn't perfect. And then it's really super insightful. But speaking of good lines in this, another really uh, good part of the narrative, I guess, where it goes, so I keep asking myself again and again, what made Chucky like he was? And of course, Chucky is this boy. What am I giving people by running around in tights and punching crooks? What am I showing them? Am I showing them that good wins out, that crime does not pay, that the cavalry is always on its way? Or am I showing them that any idiot with fists for brains can get his way if he's fast enough and strong enough and mean enough? Am I fighting violence or teaching it? But just another deep insight. Yes, I wrote wrote that one down too. I had that one down too. I like how how our thinking goes. Well, I know from way back in the fandom that you and I, we both, we like love this issue because we've talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. That's such an amazing issue. And it's like, for people who have a very low opinion of comics and think it's just this low art form or something, I mean, whoever those people are, we don't like those people. But anyway, there are people out there who, who think that way. And I think this is a great issue to show them what ambitious comic book storytelling looks like and, and reads like. I really like the fact that this issue brings more depth and intellect to the character of Daredevil and Matt Murdock. And it's not just a cheesy comic. Right. Exactly. We're in his head. Yeah. Yes. And it's dark in there. It's very dark. I was very worried the entire issue that it was there was going to be a mistake. And then I was remembering, duh, he's the one who brought the gun. I know, I but know every time it goes click, yeah. it's like click. You know, it's, yeah. it yeah. builds. Yeah. And we're not, we're not going to give away the ending, are we? Because it's kind of a... No. No. You're going to no, have to read it no. for yourselves. You no, no. And it's available on Marvel Unlimited if you're interested in yes. what it is. It is. Can you imagine this issue in the show, though? Can you imagine this just like an hour long of Matt in the hospital room with Bullseye? Like, can you Yeah. Can you even? That would be amazing. <laughs> it, it would be. It'd be so good. Yeah. So it good. feels like that. that's like two, sec- two seasons in the future, which we're hopefully going to get. Yeah. So. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But it feels like uh, maybe we're going to just leave the the rest of this issue to the uh, would-be readers and move on to our next issue, which I think is one that you picked, Casey. Yes, uh, I picked issue 208, uh, which is titled The Deadliest Night of My Life. You can It's from volume one by Harlan Ellison and author Byron Cover. I really enjoyed this issue the first time I read it because it, it's a little wacky. You get some robots. You have a killer house, and then you have a vengeful mother. <laughs> yes, and a shark. It, yes, and a shark. <laughs> Who doesn't want a shark in a comic book? Right? I I really enjoyed the fact that you kind of get to see more of his radar. You get to actually see more facets of Daredevil and Matt throughout the entire issue. He uses a lot of his senses, and he explains those senses. It's lots and lots of thought bubbles, though. 
but there is a very funny flub. I know Christine talked oh, yeah, about yeah. it on her blog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that he he specifically realizes that there's an old lady in this oil painting. And it's great that he, he you know, he, he would know that it was an oil painting, yes. He would not know he what it was not know yeah. it was about. He would not know it was an old lady, a cow, a child. He would not know. Um, so that always makes me giggle every time I, I see it. I'm like, okay. I think, does he say like, oh, that portrait of an old woman is what he says. I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Which is oddly specific, specific. Yeah, for a man who doesn't see in the anything like the usual sense. So it, it is super funny. It's one of my favorite goofs. And there is a moment where he is pretty badly injured and he has to stop and meditate so he can gather mm-hmm. himself so he can get out of this house alive. And at one point he gets on the roof and then there's lasers <laughs> and he crashes through the, the, the glass ceiling. And then, it, you know, there's a shark, as we and mentioned a, before. And a fire and it like catches on fire. and just Yes, there's a crazy. huge explosion. I mean, if you want an action-packed, suspenseful, what the hell is going to happen issue. Yeah. I really recommend 208. And then at the end, we do get a nice appearance by... Uh, an Avenger, and then very last page, he gets reamed out by a judge, which is funny. Uh, the judge was like, I, I don't appreciate your Playboy antics, Matthew. <laughs> yes, I wrote that down. I wrote that down. Yes. <laughs> and I'm the just Playboy like, oh, only knew. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and should we also mention that the robots in this issue are like uh, little girls who explode? Yes. yes, which I mean, powered by hydraulics. Right. If you if you <laughs> if you couldn't oh, imagine yes. this this issue being any more insane than it already is, that's it. But it's it's really like Casey said, it is super enjoyable, and it's just it's a, another example of what a comic can be, <laughs> but still be yeah. good, but be a different kind of good. If you want a good spooky month Halloween uh, comic, I totally recommend Two Hundred Eight Deadliest Night of My Life. Yeah, I love it too because he's the whole time he's going through all these things. He's wondering who's doing this to me. Who would hate me this much? You know, it's just yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I don't want to spoil it. You should no, find out who no. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the ambitious villain though. The ones to like actually put some passion and creativity into their villainy. It's uh, yes, you always appreciate. But that. even through even through this, I caught myself going, "Could they do this on the show?" <laughs> No, I don't think they could do this on this show, but it would it's certainly fun to imagine. They could <laughs> if there's fun. an episode have, yeah. where someone where someone gives uh map, you know, mushrooms or something, like the funny kind of mushroom. That that would work, but it would have to be <laughs> uh, it would have to be something like that to prompt it, I guess. So what do we have next on our list uh, of issues? We got um one that Shelby picked. Oh, yes. Okay, so the backstory on all this is back at the end of Defenders, when Foggy and Karen are in the church, there was like some numbers on the board. So I had convinced myself because they added up to like 280 something. So I had convinced myself that this was what season three was going to be about. It was going to be this crazy Matt out of his head where he's blind boxing the whole thing. Um, bullseye is running around pretending to be Daredevil. That's what I convinced myself of. So that's why I chose this issue. You know, and some of it did play out in the show just like that but this one is called The Student and it is by Anne and uh, Lee Lee Weeks and uh, the cover of it is Whatever Happened to Matt Murdock so this is one of my favorite things uh, I enjoy when Matt is in a fever dream (laughs) 
He's out of his head. And in this fever dream, he's trying to, because he's an amnesiac, and he has been running around blind boxing under the name Jack Badlin. He has made a friend, uh, Nyla. Um, Yeah, but I guess you could say the issue is pretty much like he's sleeping half the issue, so a lot of it takes place in his head. Yeah, in his head, (laughs) and him and Electra Stick is brought back in this dream. Electra eventually, you know, just walks away because Stick, strangely enough, is trying to tell Matt that he's got to fight with, like, love and compassion. And Electra's like, I don't want any part of that. And while that is going on, while Matt is asleep half the time, Bullseye is running amok in the Daredevil suit and basically trying to figure out why people love Daredevil so much. Like, he's trying to mess it up for Daredevil, but also at the same time, like, what do these people see in this guy? Like, why? Why would you give up control of your own life, like, to a vigilante? Why do you want vigilantes to protect you? It also has our favorite big bad, Wilson Fisk, because he is in, you know, Bullseye's in Wilson Fisk's employee. And Fisk has uh, figured out that Jack is Matt, and he's like, okay, I'm going to go get this guy to, like, throw a fight, you know. By the end, though, he's like, this guy will not throw the fight. You know, I've got to hit him where it hurts. And where do you hit Matt where it hurts? With someone that he cares about, so... I'm not going to spoil the ending, but... It's a good issue. I, I hadn't read that one in forever. And it, even though it's part of a bigger story arc, it still makes for um, pretty good reading on its own. Um, but it's also got, I think, it's, except for Nyla, um, who is, of course, a, a character from this particular run, all the other characters would be very familiar to anyone who's just seen yes. the show. So it would be a good issue to look at for that reason. I also thought, Shelby, that... Season three was going to be Matt with amnesia. I was convinced of it. Yeah. It was either going to be amnesia oh. or it was going to be Shadowland. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. I, yeah, heard that a lot too. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I was fully reread this story arc, truly expecting season three to be that. and But I was pleasantly surprised it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Amnesia arcs are. I do love <laughs> Stick and Electra coming back. And teaching Matt in his fever dreams. His fever Uh, dreams. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only really thing we can call them. And, you know, Bullseye going around beating people up. But in the previous issue, he was helping people the way Daredevil was. (laughs) And Kingpin yelling at him. (laughs) I love it, too. And I love it that Matt Fisk, like, he misses Matt so much. Like, what have I got to do to pull this guy back out? Like, he's the one guy Mm -hmm. that I can go toe-to-toe with. And I got to have him back. Yeah. Great, interesting issue. Great pick. Yeah. And uh, the next one on our list is a fact to one that I picked, which is number 304, called 34 Hours. Uh, actually, before I get into what it's about, I will say that I actually uh, had, uh, when I reviewed this on my blog, I suggested, because I thought it might be like a play on 304, it's got three and four in it, that 34 Hours was a play on that number. And I actually got a reply from Dan Chichester, who wrote the issue, uh, as a comment. And he said, for what it's worth, the 34 hours wasn't a play on the 304, although I can see how it might be interpreted that way. And if I was more clever, I might have gone that route. In truth, I was an avid reader of Newsday during my run, picking up all manner of NYC-centric factoids to then run through the Murdoch filter. They ran a story that was the foundation of the story, namely that it had just come up that a full 34 hours had gone by in the city without a single murder. And that was the jumping off point for the what if of how would DD occupy his time during such a stretch, which uh, also gives us kind of a nice intro into what this issue is about, which is a day in the life of issue, which is one of the reasons I, I like it so much. And it's also why it's a good issue for readers who are relatively new to the comics. 
because it's got this, uh, it does talk about the whole like the time span uh, of no murders, but it also kind of inserts Daredevil into that and you get to see him sort of prevent all kinds of catastrophes and some big and some small, some are very small. Um, he starts off kind of saving, uh, saving a baby who's like, uh, like baby stroller was like caught in the, um, the subway train and the baby's catapulted out of the, the stroller <laughs> and the, he catches it in midair. It's, it's like kind of a fun scene. So it goes from stuff like that to, you know, a woman is treated badly by a guy who steals her cab that she just hailed and Matt just becomes this perfect gentleman and like tosses this guy out of the cab and so she can have it. So it's like minor things like that to more darker stuff. And much of the sort of the back end of the issue is like him just kind of observing a scene where there's a really complex like sort of interplay of like different players and different things happening it's like a big park i think it forget which park it is in new york anyway where you kind of get to follow him on his like daredevil route for a little over 24 hours and and just you know watch him do stuff so it's kind of a fun issue uh another thing i like about it we always i mean we've touched on already is like the good sort of census writing that I felt that uh, Chichester did during his run except for the time where like Daredevil reads the computer screen by touch but I've forgiven him that because like a lot of the other stuff is really good like he really tries to paint Daredevil's world as being quite different from our own in interesting ways and like sort of how he navigates the world so and and of course a lot of that is uh, captured in the writing. Uh, he gets a little wordy sometimes, and it can be a, a slightly pretentious in places. But I think overall it's a good issue, and it's uh, it's a nice kind of day in the life of uh, Daredevil. I love the uh, action sequences at what is it Washington Square Park. Oh yeah, that's where. Yeah, uh, that's right. And he's like juggling multiple things that are happening at the same time, and being able to see that in his. Yeah. yeah, the way he handles that is it's great. Yeah, I, I liked that. It's like probably like eighty percent of his time is probably this stuff that is not life or death. Yeah, it is this stopping a mugging, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a very Boy Scout kind of issue in places <laughs> where like he helps a homeless man who like he he picked up a can. It's just like five cent is five cent. And like, and then he gets like splashed by this car driving by in, in a puddle of water and then he loses a can. And then the only thing that Daredevil does is like he puts the can back in this guy's uh, shopping cart. So there's like stuff like that. It's big and big and small, but it's um, Daredevil is kind of because especially in the show, it's like there's a lot of like heavy drama where he's super conflicted and, and it's it's kind of, you know, depressing in a good way. But in this issue, you get to see kind of the lighter side of what he does and that he gets to feel that he matters and he seems to be enjoying what he does. So so there's that angle to it also. Yeah, it's very it's very easy to do the right thing mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and also he doesn't just go home. He doesn't say, well, this just feels like a quiet night. I'm going to go home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So there's some good brooding at the end in front of a clock tower. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you got to have some brooding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I guess uh, we're ready to move on to. Actually, we're going to jump to volume two. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the numbering system of the Daredevil comic, the uh, first volume ended with number was it 380 or 381. Something like that. So it gets renumbered. You would know. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I want to say 381. But uh, then it's... 380. It's a 380? Yeah, because there's like, there's yes. a, there's a, uh, there's a middle issue or something in there that's like, yeah, we'll, we'll double check. 
you put it in the show notes. <laughs> and then, uh, so it moves to volume two, and then we have uh, issue number 80 of volume two, and that's uh, Shelby pick. Ooh, another pick by me, yay. <laughs> um, this is from, which I can't believe that we waited, uh, you know, we didn't jump right in to more Bendis Malieve stuff, but this is towards the end of their run. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Murdoch Papers, which again, I think people were playing around when season three was happening, or maybe even if we had got season four, this is where we were going, was to the Murdoch Papers. Yeah. But um, this is by uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malieve. And another one where Matt is really, he does not participate in this issue. He is um, shot yeah. and possibly like dead or dying. And what I loved about this issue is that we sort of, we get to watch his friends come together. You know, you get to see Black Widow and Elektra at each other. Like at one point she calls her like Ninja Skank. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and Black Widow coming together to help Mila. And uh, we see Luke and Danny and Jess. And we see all, you know, just all his friends like come together while the hand will they or won't they like work their hand magic on Matt Mm -hmm. and save his life. Like what's going to happen? You know, it's like this issue has everything. And Night Nurse. Yes. Gets brought to the Night Nurse. Yes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so this is another one that I think uh, people who just watch the show might, you know, find some some things to recognize in. It's kind of harder when you get into volume two because it's more of like the four or five issue arc kind of thing. Yeah. To like pick single issues mm-hmm. out, but maybe don't start with number 80. Maybe go back <laughs> to start to the beginning of the Murdoch papers. But, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I like. And I won't, again, I won't spoil it, how it ends, but that's, that's, that's my pick. Yeah. I always love it when comic issues start pulling in all the buddies. Because uh-huh. then you're just like, oh, Electra, it's Natasha. And then you had, <laughs> you had Danny and then you had Luke. And I just get more and more excited, like to keep turning the pages. I'm like, who else is going to make a guest appearance? Oh, it's great Defenders <laughs> porn, that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think even in the issue before, you have like Avengers going, what are you doing, Matt? There's all these yeah. like for, uh, panels of different Avengers watching like, what yeah. is happening? So And it's got a super shocking good. ending, y'all. <laughs> Sorry, I got all like inspired yes, by does. Shelby being from the South. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a super exciting ending so we're not going to give it away there's a lot of shirtless matt in this issue that's a, yes. another thing you could yeah <laughs> there's also that yeah it's a great action-packed fun issue yeah yeah it is it really is because because at one point i think hand ninjas are fighting with like power man and iron fist mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> yes yeah, it's got all the all the comic book craziness in it, but still sort of a kind of a highbrow type of comic. A great uh, street brawl. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. With hand ninjas, as you do. Yes. yes. <laughs> Everything Always. you want in a comic. Exactly. <laughs> and, elect- and of course, Electra like storming off, like I've had enough of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> enough of this bleep. Gotta yeah. go. And the next pick we have is another uh, Shelby pick, and it takes us, uh, we make a big skip forward in time to uh, number seven from volume three. And I want to say that uh, I think volume two was like renumbered at 119. Yeah, and it, yeah, and then they renumber it back to 500. So like 500. Yeah, yeah, which makes sense then that volume one would be 380. Yes. Um, so it gets renumbered. And then they do that up until like the five 500 teen something. And then it's, it gets uh, another volume, volume three um, with... 
written by Mark Wade with various artists. Shelby, take us through okay. number seven. This is Wade and Rivera, right? Yes. And I don't think, they, did they title these issues? I don't know if this one has like a title. I don't think it does. I'm not sure. Or not, Let's but see. you've probably seen the cover with like Matt doing like a snow angel or something. Um, what I always loved about the Wade and Rivera mm-hmm. or Wade issues is the beginning with the Daily Bugle. Yeah. Wasn't that always fun? Mm-hmm. Like seeing the Daily Bugle headlines. Um, but this is the issue where Matt, I know I really can't see the Matt from our show doing this, but this would be fun. <laughs> um, Matt is on a field trip with some blind kids. Yes. And then they get involved in a bus crash. And then my buddy does what? He has a head injury again, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs> and in, um, in his little head injury, knocked out concussion state, this is where you see the, the little Christmas stuff where Matt, first of all, this is a, a very pretty issue. Mm-hmm. Don't y'all think, don't y'all think mm-hmm. this is so pretty? Yeah. Um, where Matt is wearing the, he comes in with the little horns and is wearing the I'm not Daredevil sweater. That's where all the memes the and things come sweater. from. Yes. Yeah, the famous sweater. And there's a lot of great Matt and Foggy moments where he's like, remembering Foggy's like, you look miserable. And he's about to say like the old Matt. Mm-hmm. And Matt's like, like the old Matt. Like the tortured, guilty, hidden, self-destructive punching bag. And Foggy's like, um, <laughs> like the friend and partner I know best. <laughs> and, and, and Matt's like, I hate that guy. And I think when I started reading Wade, it was a little bit of a shock mm-hmm. to me because it was a little bit too happy. But there is a lot of darkness yeah. in that one, too. There's... Yeah. You know, at the surface, it seems light and happy all the time, mm-hmm. but then you figure out he's just depressed. Um, and then it becomes all about Matt coming to and finding a way to get these kids out of this terrible situation. Yeah. You know, it's just completely, he is out of like his element. Oh, completely. Know? Yeah. Which is a, an, another great thing about this issue is that he really doesn't have the same advantages that he's used to. And then at you one know? point, the kids come to his rescue. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, just him trying to, like, sort of calm them down by calming himself down. Like, tell him, like, you know, yeah. you reach out and you extend yourself for other people. That's where you're, that's when you're without fear. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. that's just one of my favorites. It's just, it got to read it. Yeah, it's a great story. And it's, like, especially, like, if you want to start a new tradition in your family, like, for the holidays or something, to read a issue <laughs> of Daredevil that's, like, on theme, this would be one for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. It's super cute. And it's like all the detail in the art. Like there's a lot of freaking snowflakes in this issue. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super adorable. I, this was came very close to being one of my picks too. And uh, and I think also for the next one, which is number 12 of the same run, so it's just a few issues ahead, which was my pick. I think this was also close to being Shelby's pick. Yeah, I did not realize we picked the same one. Yeah. That was, that was me paying extra close attention to what was going on. <laughs> This was kind of a, an honorable mention one for me. Yeah. Yeah. And number 12 is another, like both the number seven and the one uh, we're talking about now, number 12, are actually, they are sort of like they're part of a bigger story, but they're mostly like they can be read as one shot, like standalone issues, um, which is not that common for the more modern comics. So it's always kind of interesting when you have a story like that. Anyway, number 12 is it, it basically. Um, I mean, it's basically like two stories. Like first, it's it's Matt being on a date uh, with Kirsten McDuffie, who uh, was his sort of kind of girlfriend for much of this run. Uh, this is when they're just getting to know each other. She is super convinced that he's Daredevil and he claims not to be. And uh, she's kind of teasing him about it. And of course, she's working under the assumption that he's faking his blindness. So she's got all these different tricks up her sleeve to like 
try to throw him off. Um, some of them, of course, he will notice, some maybe not, but she's trying. But anyway, so this, she's got this uh, idea to, for them to go on a date together and uh, they go to like the fairgrounds at um, uh, wherever that place is. Anyway, but, but she, uh, she gets him to blindfold her and then they kind of walk around the fairgrounds uh, talking. And it's really kind of, uh, I remember when I saw the preview for this, as the issue was coming out and I'm like, oh, this is so adorable. And, and that's a really sweet part of the issue. But then it's also got this nice story sort of inside of it where, uh, Matt gets to tell her about how he and Foggy became friends in college. So that's uh, sort of the other story that gets sort of embedded into this one. And uh, it's uh, it's a super, like for anyone who loves anything to do with like Matt and Foggy in college, this is the issue for you. <laughs> it is super yeah. sweet. Mm-hmm. And it's about the two of them sort of getting to know each other and standing up against this uh, uh, professor, this law professor that they have who uh, loves Matt, but doesn't like Foggy and is really trying very hard to screw things up for Foggy and how um, Matt sort of tries to get the better of him and, and how the, you know, not going to give it all away, but it's like, it's, it's a great issue. Like both stories, both the Foggy and Matt story and then the Matt and Chris McDuffie stuff too. Both are really, really nice. And they like, they're lovely done and the art is great. The art and this issue is by Chris Somney and uh, it is super sweet. Yeah. Mark Wade really had a, a way of like giving you the feels in like every issue. <laughs> Because there was just enough always Matt Foggy. He never forgot how important the Matt Foggy relationship is. Also, like, just to add to the Matt, the Kirsten thing. First of all, I called her Kristen for, I don't know, probably the whole time I ran, uh, read the run. It's just pretty. I love it. And I think it's, I think it's super hot. I would like to see this in the show. Can we get Kirsten on the show? <laughs> yes, I want her on the show. <laughs> like when she says, show me how Matt Murdock enjoys the world. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> and he says so too. No, that's a different. Uh, oh, that's the one where she uh, flashes her bra to him. The bra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you are Daredevil bra. Yeah, which is and he breaks the, the first... he breaks the pencil. Yeah, yeah. The first couple of um, panels in this comic, I'm like, oh, what is yeah, going to oh. happen? <laughs> and then you cut to them at the the fair. I'm like, oh, okay. This is a lot of more PG than it's <laughs> I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a a sound of disappointment in your voice, Casey. <laughs> so. A big, bit of confusion. I was just like, I didn't think Wade was going to go that way. And then I'm like, oh, okay. All right. We got it. So wholesome. Yeah. 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 It's very wholesome. Yeah. But there's some other stuff going on sort of in the background that's relevant to like the uh, sort of larger narrative arc of the, the comic at the time. But it's not something that if you read only that issue, you can still get full enjoyment out of it. So uh, that's another one of our picks. And I think uh, the next one is um, number 36 from the same volume. And it's a Casey pick. I have to say Wade's run. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much. It's one of my my favorites. And it was so necessary after you had Bendis' run, which was dark. You had Brubaker's run, which was even darker. And then you had Shadowland, which was... Super dark, and it was so necessary for Wade to have the bright colors. And yes, on the surface, it seemed like a bright, happy storyline. Like Shelby said, it's not. There's a lot of depression and a lot of mental health issues. It's almost like escape into like happy, like fanfic territory. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know, (laughs) but truly still bringing it back to yes, the Matt that we know exactly. 
Uh, so number 36 is a favorite of mine because I feel like the since issue number one in 1964 has been building up to this moment. It's really been building up since Bendis's run. But I've, I've really enjoyed that. If you think about it, it's really been building since the very first comic. Um, Matt admits in court, on record, that he is Daredevil. Uh, there's a whole reason behind it, and I don't want to give it away because it kind of ruins a bit of a story arc. But he admits in court he is Daredevil. He submits his medical records, which at first I was like, um, that screams, you know, your bad, your, your enemies getting those paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that seems like a bad idea to me. But I understand the, the premise behind it. But he does this but before he, hours before he sits there in the quiet of this hospital and talks to Foggy about this plan. And it just brings it back to the, the previous issue we just discussed, the importance of their friendship and how he wasn't going to do this if Foggy felt like it was, Foggy felt it was too dangerous. Matt wasn't going to do it and he was just going to defend this particular person. And Foggy didn't want Matt to, to do it. It's just this beautiful moment between the two of them. It's, I just love their friendship so much. And there's a sweet action scene in the courthouse <laughs> where he's battling the um, the bad guys of this particular issue. And it's so over-the-top Daredevil Matt. It's great. Yeah. It's another one of those issues where if, if you, you get a little bit of everything. And I, I love the fact that at the end, he does bring Kristen into this and uh, she encourages him that, yes, they end up getting disbarred, which, of course, that's what's going to happen when you're admitting that you're a vigilante in the court of law. But Kristen ends up just encouraging him like, hey, don't you have that uh, license back in San Francisco? <laughs> ding, and then ding, you have, yeah, yeah it, it ends on, you think it might end on a sad note, but then it's this hopeful, we have this new chapter in life. And then they kiss on the rooftop, and then I'm super happy. I love it. I love it. I also love it when Foggy's, like, talking to him. He's like, when you address the judge, at least pretend to look at him. It builds trust. You always forget to do that. Yes! <laughs> Advice from the bestie. I love them. Yeah, there are a lot of little st stuff like that during the weed run. For me, this I'm actually kind of torn on this issue. I think the issue itself is excellent. Um, and you're right in the sense that, like, yeah, there is, um, whenever you have, like, the you know, the tension between the secret identity and like the superhero and the costume and everything. There is always that that tension there and it builds to this kind of inevitable ending, but it always ends up messing things up. And I mean, I feel like in, in some sense, this was like the beginning of the end for me. This was sounds like awful. But I mean, I really like, because then it restarts after this with a volume four that's also by Wade and Somni. Um, and we won't go into de the details of that in, in case you want to read it. And I liked a lot of those issues too, which are like the issues that take place after Matt is like out, you know, of the proverbial closet. But at the same time, it does kind of limit you. And what always ends up happening is like, you got to put that Jenny back in the bottle. And it just like, there's, it's kind of hard. You can play once, but it just doesn't, it's really hard to walk back. And like the for me the the Wade the Wade Ron with like Rivera and Somni and and some other um, artists who who were on it, it is really it ranks among my very 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 favorite like no doubt about it but like the last ten issues or so I did not like at all um, I like I barely read them um, and and that was kind of a bummer it doesn't ruin what came before for me because I think they're still like so excellent but it it's like it does it does create 
storytelling problems um, when you have a reveal like that. So that's always something to kind of keep in mind um, that but this this particular issue, I think it's a really strong issue. So I can see why you picked up Casey. We have another final pick from Casey. Yes, I get to talk twice in a row. So speaking of putting the proverbial genie back in the bottle, this is um, Supreme uh, from the Supreme storyline, um, number 25 from uh, Charles Soule. I love, love the cover. Can we, he's, there he is in the, in the black suit with the American flag in the background and the, the dome of the Capitol building. It's a very powerful moment in, uh, I think in, in covers, it's one of, it's one of my favorites and it, it's not a ton of colors and it really pops still. Gorgeous. For those of you who are big legal nerds, such as myself, uh, this is a great issue. This is Matt, with Foggy's help, heading to the Supreme Court, which, uh, for those of you outside of the United States, this is the highest court in the land of the United States. It's a, it's a pretty big deal for lawyers to get here. In a way, it's sort of like the Super Bowl of the legal field <laughs> to, to uh, argue in front of the Supreme Court. Um, so basically, the genie's been put back in the bottle. Nobody remembers that Matt is Daredevil. Uh, <laughs> So using that, he decides that he's going to help make vigilantes part of the legal system so that they can testify in court without blowing their cover. They don't have to. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens before this. I don't, you know, you should definitely read it. You know, leading up to Supreme, you end up getting, you know, a nice, some defenders appearances. I think there's even a Spider-Man appearance, which is great. So Matt ends up going to the Supreme Court. Foggy is helping him. And... He ends up confessing to Foggy that he actually ended up blowing the appellate case in the hopes of sending it to the Supreme Court so it becomes the law of the land. And he goes on this great, you know, superhero monologue about <laughs> um, calling lawyers superheroes. And then Foggy straight up calls him an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Another great bestie moment because you need that person to be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> you purposefully blew this case at the appellate level so it might go to the Supreme Court, which is never a guarantee. And then he ends up going up against uh, legal is the other side of this. He was a character Charles Soul created. I think he appeared in She-Hawk at one point um, when when Soul was writing She-Hawk. And basically, you know, you, you're like you're wondering like who hired legal, and it did. You find out who he, who's hired him. But my favorite part is you think this is going to be a legal heavy issue. And then it turns out there's this great fight sequence. Matt versus the justices of the Supreme Court. And yes. the gavels are thrown. Punches are thrown. Kicks are thrown. <laughs> it's, it's just so much fun to read those panels because it's not obviously happening. You would not beat up a justice of the Supreme Court in this matter. But... It's great to see this interpretation of his argument turn into a fight sequence. And at the end of the issue, you know, he ends up reflecting back on his uh, court appearance. And he goes from the black suit back to the red suit. So I really enjoyed it. If you really enjoy legal nerdy Matt and Foggy, this is a great issue for you. Yeah, that's what I wrote was Supreme Court nerds. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's got some great introspection at the end, too, where he talks about a common recurring theme, how he needs both the lawyer and the vigilante. I yeah. wrote that down, too. I wrote that down, yeah. too. I like how you think, Shelby. And I think up until this point, that is like the most Matt and Foggy we had gotten, like out of yeah. this, this, you know, we were like, where's Foggy this whole yeah. soul run? And that was just yeah. like nice to have them 
back being friends again. Yeah. And it's, you know. it's great that this big legal moment is now being used in the current run with Chip Zdarsky. I was really kind of worried that it would just be forgotten about. But I'm glad Chip's being able to use it. And I don't want to spoil how he's using it, though. No. You should totally, should <laughs> totally pick up number 23 uh, when it comes out this month. So I think that uh, nine issues, we did well. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> we covered all of them. And, of course, uh, if you guys who are listening – if you have some uh, like favorite issues of your own that you want to share with us, uh, you do that. And, uh, you know, um, of course, you can follow us on all kinds of social media. We are uh, Renew Daredevil on Twitter and we are Save Daredevil virtually everywhere else, which is like on Instagram, uh, Facebook. We are on Tumblr. And uh, we also, of course, have a website um, that's www.savedaredevil.com. That's got all the stuff you need to know about everything. Yeah. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast at, you know, all the usual platforms where you can subscribe to podcasts. And, uh, you know, tell your friends, sign the petition and keep listening. And we will be back, I guess, next week. Thank you guys so much for uh, for listening, and thank you to uh, Casey and Shelby for uh, doing this with me. It was a lot of fun. Okay, thank you guys. Yay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Daredevil, the official podcast of the Save Daredevil campaign. For more information on Save Daredevil, please visit our website at savedaredevil.com. Remember, Murdoch's always get back up.